Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Ed. This episode 547 for the week 17th of August 2017. How you doing? We're brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. All your hosting needs. One click in, well, pretty much one click install WordPress, Joomla, and Drupal. It's all there for you. So go and grab it. SSL certificates, domain registrations, and more. Uh, we've got a, a big show for you tonight, hopefully. Uh, but before we get there, don't forget the AussieTechRadio.com if you want to listen to back-to-back, wall-to-wall podcasts from Australia and New Zealand, uh, just go to your TuneIn radio app, which is cross-platform, download that, and search for the Aussie Tech Radio. You can like us on facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds, and subscribe to us on youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. Don't forget the aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper uh, comes out twice a day, and it's got text, not just text stories, got news and uh, whatever else on there. And the webpage, you can go check that out at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, this week, it's uh, just me, and for one week only, we have Shane. Do you remember Shane? Hi, Shane. How you doing? Hey, Glenn. How are we? Yeah, good, thanks. What's been going on with you? It's been ages. We are just trying to work out when you were last on, and you were dangling something like 2012, which I can't believe. No, I think it would have been 2014 because I've been living in this house since the end of 2014. I know I did a few shows before one sort of change of employment happened. Right. Um, so yeah, so I reckon it would have been probably three years ago, two or three years ago. Yeah, okay. So uh, let's just bring us up to speed. So you uh, you haven't been able to do the show because you did get a job about an hour's drive away. Is that right? Yeah, that's still the case. And it's still the same job? Yep. That's still the same thing? Yeah, good stuff. Now, for those of you who haven't heard Shane before, he's in Perth, and that's why uh, you go an hour's drive. What a pussy. But no, he's in Perth, and by the time we record, he can't get home fast enough. So I know he's tried. He's tried He tried talking to us on the phone, hanging out the car. Didn't work, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's good. So everything going well in Western Australia, uh, new premiere and all this sort of stuff. It's going gangbusters. Yeah, no, things going well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they have a, the we have the sort of regular whinge about not getting enough GST and or, or yeah the enough got to kick back from the GST and the booms over and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, and the sun the sun keeps coming up every day and we keep you know motoring on. Well, that's the main thing. That that is the main thing. Um, yeah. So uh, look, we've got a few stories to get through tonight. Oh, this week. Uh, there's probably not too much uh, Australian news I noticed, but uh, we've got a couple. I found a couple, so we'll get to those uh, a bit later on. Now, I was going to read a, an email uh, this week, but I don't have to because it was from Shane, and he's here. <laughs> and well, not, wasn't it, was it an email or more of a uh, remark, I think? Uh, I think it was it last week I mentioned about backing up to your Google Drive. Oh, um, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what you were talking about then. Yes, no, it wasn't one of those love love emails that I normally get. It was, um, but what I agree, you said. Uh, I think I said you can't have versioning on the Google Drive, and you wrote in and said apparently you can to some extent. And uh, I think you are correct. I did go and have a look, and you, yes, you can get versioning to some extent. But as as far as a proper versioning backup solution, uh, I probably wouldn't rely on it. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't. I mean, having said that, I use, I've got a NAS now and um, I do snapshots on that. So that's probably my backup per se. And then I've also got Google Drive where those kind of go up to. Right. Kind of the same thing. Now tell me, uh, let me just prod you more about your NAS uh, because I think my little 
virtual machine here that I've been using as a server is slowly but surely dying. Things are starting to get, uh, you know, it's taking a while to copy across and stuff, and I've got to make a decision pretty quickly what I'm going to do before it all goes to custard. But uh, what? Uh, so you've got your NAS. Uh, is it is it in any sort of RAID array, or is it just a straight hard drives, and you just back it up to third party? Or how have you got yours set up? I I went through a couple of um, different kind of incarnations of NASs. I did free NAS. I did um, uh, RAID. Uh, did a couple of other things because I really wanted to use my old PC. Yeah. Um, kind of you know just having it sitting there doing nothing. I did. Mm. I even did PFSense. Mm. Um, and used it as a router for a while, but now I don't know. This is too hard, so I went and bought a QNAP. Right. With the, as far as I know, the dedicated rage, uh, dedicated NAS is you've got either QNAP or Synology. Yes. The one I ended up getting was the. I'm just looking at it now. It's the TS four five three A. Oh, I've that's got, the first one that came up on the on the Google. That's that's worth heaps. Yeah, they put the price up just as I just as I was sort of contemplating getting it and all that kind of stuff and I was getting stuffed around by one of the retailers over here and found another one that was actually treating me better. I paid at least another $400 on top of that price though. Um, yeah, right. So we've got it here on the uh, website from some place for those on who are on audio. Uh, Landmark Computers, wherever they may be, they may be in Melbourne for 689 for this little baby, the QNAP TS-443A. Yeah. Four G. What does that mean? You slip a little uh, sim in it. No, no. It's, oh, that's only four gig. That's actually the um, oh, four gig. It's cheaper. Yeah, mine's got eight gig of RAM. Uh, it's got the same four bays in it. It has. I've got three terabyte hard drives in mine. Yeah, I've got three terabyte hard drives. Um, I've got it connected up to a, a switch, so I'm actually using all four of the network cards, and I've got the, my network is kind of segregated, so I've got my um, Internet of Things stuff in one bit. I've got cameras in another uh, subnet. I've got my subnet, and then I've got the rest of the people that live in the house. They've got their own kind of part of the network. Mm, well, it sounds like you know what you're doing. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I've picked up a couple of things over 20 ideas. <laughs> now, uh, what sort of hard drive you got in this little baby? You I've got, got four, three terabyte Western Reds. Right. So can these things like take the three terabyte drives and beyond? Yeah, um, I would imagine they have some sort of upper limit. Uh, I only went for the three terabytes for mainly pricing, really. I didn't want to pay you know, huge amounts of dollars. I wanted to kind of keep it hmm. low, below the price of you know, a, a real machine. Now, why did you decide to go for a dedicated standalone type NAS, if that's what you want to call them, uh, rather than, yeah, stick with your free NAS and utilise that spare PC? Was it think too much mucking around, just wanted something to sit in the corner and behave itself. Um, yeah, bit of that, bit of too much mucking around, um, power. Um, I just wanted something that was, you know, didn't suck up too much juice. Uh, noise, the, the NAS is next to, you know, you can barely hear it, whereas with the PC going, because it had, because um, it was a, an i7, it, you know, powered up like a, a jet engine every time you turned it on. Right, yeah, right. Now, uh, what else I'm going to say? So, with your backup solution, what happens there? How does it back up? So, what happens is I take snapshots uh, every take snapshots every day, uh, and then they kind of. I also do just normal syncing with the the G drive. 
Um, what else happens? So when you say take snapshots, where do you snapshot it to? Just uh, another part of the the hard drive array. Right, right, and that. So, so does that mean that? So when you stick in, say, what do you got? Say eight terabytes of space. Uh, so how does the how does that back itself up? Does that mean that you only got four terabytes usable because it has to back itself up on the other four? Potentially, um, I don't have a lot of stuff on there at the moment. the The plan was was for uh, either me to be doing either this show mm. or another show of, of my own and backing up the the audio and the video. And that right. Uh, Got, I've got four cameras, but I've only got one set up at the moment. Um, so the plan was to have the four cameras set up and have them uh, saving to the NAS as well. Uh, and then my just you know, normal kind of stuff, but none of that's kind of happening. I haven't got the other cameras set up because of the other people in the house. Uh, you know, obviously a bit funny about having cameras on all the time while they're walking around. Oh, fair enough. And I can see I just Googled up a photo here. This one here has got a little remote control. What would that be for? Has yours got a remote? Yeah, it does, because you can use it as a Plex server and install other apps and all ah, that kind of nice. stuff. Ah, nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah, okay. So I might have to uh, look into one of those uh, myself. Because, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, because I know I haven't got long. I think this other machine's going to die. And, uh, yeah, well, obviously everything's on it, so I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. Uh, but yeah. talking about uh, routers and switches and... And so forth. There was a, there was an interesting story this week about Aussie businesses targeted in spate of router attacks. I don't know if you came across this one, but it's no good. It's no good. And if you listen to the Aussie Tech Security, uh, Roger always goes on about you know if you want to get the best router possible, get a Cisco uh, made in the US. So you know it's all nice and uh, kosher, so to speak, or wired up rightly, and you know there's no little back doors. Well. No uh, Chinese backdoors anyway. But our attackers are targeting Australian organisations with routers and switches exposed to the internet to steal configuration files and infiltrate uh, their networks. Now, the this is a, a warning from the Australian Cyber Security Centre. Now, they've also said it had identified a threat to switches with the Cisco Smart Install feature turned on and routers or switches with simple network management protocol or SNMP enabled and exposed to the internet. It said attackers were extracting configuration files in order to retrieve admin credentials and compromise the router or switch and potentially other devices on the network. And this is what they're after, isn't it? Uh, the smart install if you're wondering what that is, is used by admins to give a switch minimal configuration that is fetched from a central repository. But organisations can become vulnerable when the feature remains turned on after the device is live. So Smart Install has been replaced in newer systems by Cisco's network plug-and-play feature. So the uh, security... Who were they? The AS... The uh, Australian Cyber Security Centre has said that the Cisco Smart install feature should be disabled unless it's strictly required and if you have been affected by the attack you're urged to report the incident so any familiarity with anything like that Shane in your line of work or everything I, I don't work with the networking equipment to that extent but I believe that we would um, use something similar to that where I work the only difference being is um, all our branches are connected up via VPNs dedicated VPNs Mm. So they're not exposed directly to the to the internet. Where they come in handy for us is our sites are um, 
being migrated from ADSL to NBN. Right. And occasionally they haven't, the NBN have kind of just gone out there without letting us know and just switched it over. Right. So consequently, if, consequently our, some of our sites were just kind of falling off the network and we'd have to send someone out there and then manually kind of change things over. So now we're mm. using, I don't know if it's the same thing, but now our network guys have got it sorted. So when that happens, we can just switch it over to the NBN connection remotely. Right. Oh, that's pretty handy. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, so uh, look, if I don't know if you anyone, it's probably not really people at home, but uh, maybe in a small home office, may have one of those switches. That, and if you do have a Cisco something or other, probably best to, uh, yeah, look up the manual and see if it's got uh, that feature in it and if it's turned on or off. But if you, uh, you can get more information, obviously, from this report and then link through to wherever you need to go. About this story, you can find the link to in the show notes this week at the aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast and find your way to the show notes. Uh, yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, MBN, so I don't think last time we spoke you had MBN. Uh, yeah, I just I just cut over to it. I think I did a couple of shows when I was on the MBN. So are you what, what MBN have you got? I have got the proper one. I have got fibre to the fibre to the house. Right, so you probably wouldn't have be having these dropouts that a lot of people are getting. No, I don't. But having said that, um, and I don't, I still don't know whether it's my phone or I don't think it's my router because I've actually changed that. Although I have actually stuck with the same manufacturer, or it's my um, MBN. But my phone, and it seems to be isolated the Saturdays, which is right. That's sweet. Yeah, and that's the kind of time that I use it the most because I'm, yeah, it's a sad day, and you know, what else? Mm. Um, but my phone connects to my Wi-Fi network, all right, but it just doesn't always connect to to the internet, right? And, it's, and like I'll have to to fix it. I restart my router, and it and it's fine. But every other Wi-Fi device and every other directly cable connected device during that same time period mm. is is rock solid. You know, I I constantly get. Um, on Wi-Fi devices, I usually get sort of anywhere from around 85 down, 35 up, and anything connected via a cable, I usually get 95 down and about 35 up. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was speaking to someone uh, this morning. Uh, he was he does video production, and he was up in Labrador, and we're talk, got talking about the internet, and he, I said, oh, you've got onto backups and all this sort of stuff. And he goes, yeah, I can't really back up. He says, a typical file or project it might be about 500 gig. And he said, uh, at best, my internet uploads at 0.32 or something. Oh, <laughs> I went, oh my God. So that's uh, no good. That's like ADSL 1, isn't it, really? That's rubbish. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're still waiting here in uh, sunny Rabina. We're still waiting for the MBN, but at least we got cable. Now, Microsoft agrees to change Windows 10 update after Kaspersky antitrust battle. Now, I think we mentioned something like this last week or a couple of weeks ago or whatever, that the, a lot of the antivirus vendors aren't happy that uh, that Microsoft... I don't know. They've, you know, they've, got to, they've tightened things up, and you know, not allowing the third parties to do certain things, like say, flash up their logo, or say that their it's that it's uh, their service is expiring or whatever, and even uh, down to things like I think I think Kaspersky was one of the main ones where when you updated to Windows 10, it just wiped it off. 
Um, so hopefully that's not happening too much now because, you know, everyone should be on to Windows 10. But the two companies, Microsoft and Kaspersky, announced in independent blog posts this week that Microsoft has agreed to make changes to the Windows 10 Fall Creators Edition uh, to satisfy allegations by Kaspersky and the others. Now, Microsoft would make changes to its upcoming update to include giving third-party AV vendors earlier access and visibility into upcoming feature updates to ready their software, enable them to use their own alerts and notifications for expired or expiring products, and providing more persistent notifications for users renewing, uh, rather than just defaulting back to the Windows Defender, which I don't think is too bad, but I don't know download a free something else. Uh, the changes come months after allegations from Kaspersky over antitrust violations from Microsoft and the antivirus market. So this Kaspersky started all this hoo-ha in June over the issue, arguing that Microsoft didn't give it enough time to make its software compatible with Windows 10. And that's probably a general complaint about uh, Microsoft, is that there's not enough time for third parties to ready themselves for like major updates like Windows 10. And I think also, wasn't it, I'm not sure, there's a while ago now, I think that Microsoft was even holding back or not releasing the SDKs for the shop or other parts of the Windows, you know, until until the day of like public launch. And everyone's just going, well, how can we develop for that? So there's been there's been issues about that for around for a while. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's going on there. Like, I don't know. Um, any any problems with that one, Shane? Yeah, I know. Is this the one where um, for a while there, Windows Defender or whatever it's called was actually treating those particular antiviruses actually as viruses, and they and they were kind of yeah. Oh, it might have been. I don't know. It might have. It possibly might have been. Uh, it says it just says he uh, where it mentions Defender. It's, yeah, it said and providing more persistence notifications for users to renew their antivirus solution before it defaults. Yeah, so that doesn't mention that. That was just saying that. Uh, yeah, they wanted more warnings before it uh, expired, and then it would probably just disable and go back to Windows Defender. But yeah, um, yeah look, you possibly could be right. <laughs> Well, I mean, what I do know is they've dodgy, got. But, yeah. I know that they've got like the insider program where you and I think they've called it the. I think it's called the insider program. Still, you basically get earlier versions of Windows Ten or earlier updates before they get released to the general public. Yeah, now, I don't know whether that gives you the ability to, if you're a developer, to actually get access to the SDK and and so on and so forth. But they now have. Um, they're now kind of guaranteeing biannually or every you know, like six monthly updates like we've just had the creators update a couple of months ago mm. then i think they've now got the um i think they're having another creators update either this month or next month yeah the fall the fall creators update exactly Which and then they've got something called uh redstone three now i don't know whether that's the fall creators update that they're talking about or that's another update further down the track now now you're you're going to have a talk with microsoft next month I am. Oh, I, I cannot wait. I um, they did a couple of days ago. It's the Microsoft Ignite conference. It's a, an annual conference, um, bigger than Ben Hur. Apparently, they've got, uh, I think it's a thousand uh, sessions, online online downloads. Um, a thousand sessions. Yeah, it goes That's for huge. five days. Um, but a thousand. Uh, I, 
I would imagine, yeah, but I guess most of them are, are available for like on demand. There's workshops, there's um, like there's the sessions that you know, I'm sort of lined up to, even if mm. you're there for five days, because obviously you can't be in multiple places at once. No. Each session goes for roughly about uh, an hour and a half. You're only going to get in probably four a day, and it's only five days. So that's 20 sessions. Mm. Um, but they've got it all worked out in like different kind of themes. So there's like the security track, there's developers, there's um, desktop support, there's Windows 10 stuff, there's mobility stuff. Um, Paul Thorot, um, who does Windows Weekly, he's doing a, I don't know if it's a daily thing, but he's definitely doing at least one kind of um, session slash, it might even be a podcast. It goes for about an hour first thing in the morning. Right, right. Um, so- I signed up that one yeah so this is uh oh look at this limited passes remaining registered hey aren't you gonna be there around about the same time yes but i'll miss that because i'm in i'm gonna go to orlando first half of september and, and i won't be there for the second half but uh yeah nearly it was nearly a tax deduction (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that. So I'm going for I'm doing San Fran for a couple of days, and I'm doing the Microsoft thing. I'm in Orlando for like two weeks, um, and then I'm going back to San Fran for a couple of days. So I'm doing uh, I'm going to go visit Leo. Oh yeah, yep. Um, on the way over and on the way back, um, doing the Microsoft thing. One of the things that they've actually Microsoft are doing is they've actually hired out the um, Universal Studios theme parks, and there's two theme parks over there. Yes. Thursday night, they're um, chucking a party for everyone who's everyone's going. So how good's that? It's gonna be huge. I can't wait. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. How are you getting around? Are you like how are you getting to? I don't know from LA to San Francisco and so forth. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm going from Perth to Hong Kong, Hong Kong to San Fran. Um, there's a six hour stopover in Hong Kong. Oh, nice. Uh, and. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm staying in a particular uh, hotel in San Fran for a couple of days. I've booked things like, you know, the um, the bus tour where you get hop on, hop off. Um, I'm going to an NFL game. Um, what else am I doing? I'm doing, the, like I said, the Leo thing. Yep. Uh, doing a tour of the harbour. Nice. There. Um, in addition to the um, to the conference in Orlando, um, I was going to obviously – buy tickets to do the theme parks, but I probably won't have to now that the Microsoft are a party <laughs> over there. on, that's right. Are you yeah. driving around or are you busing, training? No, I'm going to do um, flights over. Um, with the conference, it's all kind of taken care of uh, shuttle-wise, plus I've got a uh, hotel pretty close to the conference anyway. Right, right. Um, as Sounds as good. San Fran thing goes, I'll probably catch Ubers or Lyfts to see what it's like to, to, to hitchhike, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang your leg out. <laughs> Shave it first. Yeah. <laughs> now, moving on to more important things. Oh, well, nothing much more important than going overseas, is it? But uh, more, uh, I don't know, something else. Uh, Aussie domain registrars sued over fake invoice scam. Now, this has been going on for a while. And I think even uh, Michael from the Aussie Max Zone, he's, uh, he wrote a little story up and pl- pasted on... Uh, Apple News or whatever he posts on. I'll have to get that link and I'll let you all know about it. But, uh, yeah, he's he, he was having a go about this. And this is exactly what he received as well. And it's an inv- what looks like an 
well, it is an invoice, and it but it looks like a domain renewal. So it's uh, it's sort of coming across as a domain renewal slip invoice, but it's actually not a renewal. It's an invoice to register new domains, but are very very close to your existing domain. So and people obviously fall for it, um, and so now they're in trouble. So two Australian domain name registration companies are being taken to court by the competition watchdog, which would be ASIC, for an alleged fake invoice scam that reaped $2.3 million from their customers. So that's a lot of domain names, $2.3 million. Domain name Corp and domain name agency, both managed by the same director, are alleged to have sent out 300,000 unsolicited notices to businesses that were designed to look like renewal notices for domain names. So that's pretty dodgy. The AB, uh, the ACCC claims that notices were actually for the... Re- yeah, blah, blah. I said that. The ACCC is seeking declarations, injunctions, pecuniary penalties, corrective advertising, and disqualifying orders against the director. He's stuffed, <laughs> as well as costs. He's cooked. Uh, more than... Uh, 14,500 people suffered a combined loss of more than $650,000 to false billing scams last year. So uh, the renew or the the uh, registration of these domains from this invoice uh, cost between two forty nine and two seventy nine, two seventy five. So they were a rip off in themselves. You know what people need to do to avoid this sort of stuff? They need to go to a reputable company like ATH Web Hosting. Exactly. Problem. Exactly, and you know, I still I get email. I do get emails, and uh, uh, I was only yeah, I get one probably oh, once a month or something saying, "Oh, we've got this renewal form. Is this you or is this someone else?" And I just go, "Mine's always going to have my, the the logo on it," and uh, just ask me if you have a problem. And it's not going to be two hundred dollars, is it? I think <laughs> I think my what what do I charge at? Dot coms are twenty bucks, you know, yeah. and they're charging two forty nine. Crazy stuff. But anyway, um, that's the go. That that's uh, looks like that's being dealt with. So hopefully, if that if that comes to pass, that he'll somehow they'll try and get the money back. And I don't know what happens. Do they give the money back to the people? Let's hope so. Uh, what have you had a little couple of stories, Shane? Didn't you? What, what did I you, did. What did you want to chat, chat about? Where do I want to go first? And scrolling through the show notes, let's go. Let's go to the one that's at the top of my list. Australian Damien. KPII, I guess that's going to be pronounced Kippy? 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 Yippee. Kippy Chuck earns around a million dollars in eSport tournament. Um, apparently, this is bigger than Ben Hur in the States and in Asia and Europe. It's like um, ESPN trying to cover it. Yeah, it's right. Huge. What is uh, it? It's, I will, I will tell you. Uh, Sydney Damien Kippy Chuck has fallen just short of winning the richest tournament in esports history. The team won nearly five million Australian dollars, second prize, which uh, will see him take home around a million dollars in a reasonable consolation prize for coming second. The crowd funded $30 million Australian prize pool was at the chest at uh, the richest esports tournament in history which saw 18 best Dota 2 teams. Um, I've heard of the game, but wouldn't know it from if I fell over it. Uh, teams in the world travel to Seattle to battle battle it out in a five-on-five fantasy battle game. Um, so they said that there was like 18 teams. Even wow. if you came 
seventh or eighth. If you came eighth, you would still get actually no, there's more. If you came eighteenth, you still get sixty one thousand dollars. So even if you came last, wow, one thousand dollars. Well, how, how would you get a gig then? Like everyone would be signing up. Do you have to go through? Just have to go through some qualifier or something, uh, or you're, you're invited maybe. I would imagine it's either via invite or they may do the same sort of thing like they do with sport. Yeah, you, know, you might have like your your national kind of competition, and then the winner of that gets gets to go to this big, huge international thing. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, look, here's a picture of the of the, of the the rock stars. There they go, touching hands in the crowd. You know, just like Elvis. Oh. Well, they're they're actually treated like rock stars. And um, funny you just mentioned the Elvis thing because it's the anniversary of his death today too. Is it today or yesterday? Oh, no, yesterday. No, it was yesterday. Yeah, sorry, yesterday. Yeah, this week anyway, uh, the sixteenth. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go over to the King's house. Uh, later next month, I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, to, um, we'll do it offline, but we'll have to kind of you know compare notes and dates and sort of you know maps and all that kind of stuff to mm. see what so if we actually do kind of cross paths. Yeah, I don't think so, but yeah, we'll we'll have a chat. Um, yeah. Now, what else have we got here going on here? Uh, oh, Game of Thrones. Does a week go past without a Game of Thrones leak story? I don't know. Are they doing this on purpose just to just I to get people? Say that I think it's their own publicity, buddy. Probably, fun. but this time it wasn't actually a hack. It was uh, it was just an accidental leak. So the source of the leak was not hackers or thieves, but rather the show being mistakenly released on its broadcaster streaming platform too early. The episode titled "Death Is the Enemy." Has, that's the enemy to everyone, isn't it? Has since been withdrawn, but not before it was copied. Of course. <laughs> people, Doesn't take people long, does it? I mean, the thing's only no. out there for five minutes and people find it. Yeah, it's like, you know, with tweets, they go, oh, some, such and such tweeted something, but then quickly deleted it. But they show it. You think, yeah. they, obviously they record everything, like streams, mustn't they? They just must record them somehow. A, spokes, yeah. a spokesman for HBO blamed... An unnamed contractor, surprisingly, for the most recent blunder. Like, the unnamed contractor gets a lot of heat these <laughs> days, doesn't don't they? You know, they you know, oh, what happened? Oh, it was an unnamed that was that contractor, I don't know his name. We'll blame him. Ex contractor. Yes. <laughs> it's, but I don't know, you're in the Game of Thrones from memory, is are you, is that right? No, no, I have never seen oh, it. Okay. I've I've watched bits and pieces here and there. Um if, if anything, I, I if I was going to watch it, I'd probably watch it for the um the low costume budget that they seem to have. Right, I know if you've watched more than me. Uh, yeah, I've, I haven't really watched it. Not that I don't want to watch it, but uh, I don't know. Apparently, it's too gory for other people in this house to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'll watch Neighbours instead. Now, um, look, I won't do, <laughs> do that story because you've got that one as well. But look, uh, look, you think Apple, this is how easy $3 billion just falls into Apple's lap. Global asset management firm Bernstein, or Bernstein, stated that it believes Google will pay Apple $3 billion this year to remain as a default search engine option for iOS devices. So every iPhone or iPad sold will be set to Google for search unless you change it. 
Now, the payment Google makes to Apple is almost, well, it is pure profit. Well, almost, says he, almost pure profit. Well, what, it takes, someone's got to get paid to make the phone call and open the, <laughs> open the letter with a check in it. Okay, yeah, almost pure profit. Google alone may account for 5% of Apple's total operating profits this year and may account for 25% of the total company's growth over the last two years. It's insane, isn't it? But I guess, you know, that's just how badly they want their uh, their search to be uh, default. I don't know what the else they would use. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, Bing? <laughs> no idea. You know, yeah, like, do really, I suppose. What do you think of Bing, seeing that you're a bit of a Microsoft head? Um, do you use Bing? I I use it kind of by accident. Um, like, you know, at work, our main kind of browser is Internet Explorer. Mm. Uh, and I haven't really, I don't usually bother changing the changing the search engine because, you know, I don't, I don't usually do searches for anything that hard to find and, and Bing usually finds it at home. Where I'm doing probably, um, yeah, yeah, searching for more unique stuff. I mm. use. Yeah, well, I thought. Yeah, I found that oh, I don't know. You can do the same searching Bing, and do the same searching Google, and Google will just always give you a better result. I don't know why, it just does. So yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of Google, but you know, you start looking at what's been going on with Google recently, and you know, I've always been a of the viewpoint that. Uh, you know, companies can do what they like because they're private companies. But I don't know. I might be changing that with, uh, with the, you know, when you see things like, you know, people getting sacked for just writing uh, memos or something, you know, it doesn't agree with, say, the boss's political agenda. And you think, well, is this, yeah, should they, should a company be growing so big that they, that they, uh, they, they say, force their thoughts onto everyone else and the way of thinking? But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's a that's a topic for another day. But yeah, Google on the iPhone search. Yeah, good. Otherwise, I'd change it. So for the moment, I like it. <laughs> but yeah, so I change. I will change that the bit that Microsoft Internet Explorer search engine straight away. Even with customers where I I'll re uh, reinstall Windows or whatever. That's just one of the things I do. Just as a matter of course, I just go and change it to Google. Instead of yeah. Bing, but uh, Bing's got a better video search I've found than Google. For some reason, if you're ever looking for a video or searching for a video, uh, Google will just list one video per line, say down the left-hand side. But Bing will give Bing will give you a grid, and it gives you more on one screen, so it's a little bit better for that. No, it's a better layout. But are they better results, or is it just displayed better on Bing? Yeah. Uh... Well, they're, they're pro- I would have to say better results because they are displayed better, okay. because there's more of them, like on the one screen. Yep. So you can sort of, you know, that's a that's a grid, that's a an array of, of video thumbnail things. So you can see more. Whereas Google, you're like, what you get, I don't know, twenty a page or something, and yeah. then Bing, you get twenty in the first two lines, I think, something like that. Uh, yeah, but uh, but how but how easy is that money though? To Apple, like three billion, just for going on. We'll have Google on the all iPhones, but that's how the browsers make their money. You know, Firefox. You know, they the Google want to be up in there, so they pay Mozilla or whatever to be the default search engine and so forth. Yeah, but uh, talking about money and easy money, I think you got another story about someone giving money away. 
Your, your segues have improved over the years. <laughs> oh, they're pretty good. <laughs> All right, yes, I have. So, Bill Gates. Oh, um, yeah. He's got, a, he's got a spare lot of cash floating around doing nothing. Oh, tell me he, about it. Yeah, he's 61. I can't believe he's that old. Yes, yes. How old was he, say, when when those come out? That was about 80, say. Uh, so that'd be, what's that, 10, 20, 30 years ago? So he was pretty young. Yeah. He was a little pimply-faced little dude from memory. Yeah, true. I'll, I'll, Bill. Get, I'll see if I can get a... Uh, a picture up, young Bill Gates. Let's have a let's have a look at him. But yeah, he was um. There's a, there's one there. But look at it. Oh, he had he had the where we, here we go. He had the good glasses on. There we go. Yeah. We <laughs> yeah. changed. I think he's just his head's kind of grown into the glasses. Same hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> bit more, bit more hair. Uh, yeah, a, yeah, true. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I'll um I'll carry on with the, the story. The sixty-one year old Microsoft co-founder has just made a somewhat mysterious five point eight eight billion dollar donation to a yet to be revealed recipient. That equates to about five percent of his um immense wealth. The Microsoft co-founder has reduced his his stock in the computer software company from twenty-four percent in ninety-six to just one point three percent today. Nonetheless, he is still thought to have one of the biggest fortunes in the world, buried around $115 billion. Uh, in a 213 interview, Bill Gates said his children would each be left with about $1 billion each. The rest, of, uh, the rest about 95% of his wealth, will be go to charity over the next 20 years after he and his wife pass away. And then the story goes on to the story that I found goes on to talk about his work with the World Health Organization. Yeah, well, uh, good luck to him. That, that's good. Like, I don't think your kids need more than a billion, so why not give it away? Good luck to him. Uh, he's been pretty uh, significant in the eradication of polio. I think yeah. he's. Uh, I think one of his main objectives was to see the end of polio in the world. And I think, I think between him and Rotary, I think they've pretty much done it i think there might be one small pocket or something in pakistan or somewhere where there's still a bit of uh bit of it going around but yeah so i just wanted to pick up on what you said there his share in microsoft is 1.3 percent but this can't be right can it so if his share is 1.3 percent but he's still one of the richest men in the world that's a big 1.3 percent <laughs> yeah microsoft's probably oh. worth it yeah, but surely there's other people with, I don't know, what, so 1.3%, that's a lot of money. Um, the second largest donation made this year uh, was by, so far, was by Warren Buffett, who donated almost $3.2 to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And the third biggest came from Michael Dell, from Dell Computer Corporation, and his wife Susan. In May, they gave more than a billion to their foundation, which focuses on children's issues and community initiatives. So, uh, yeah, Bill's always said he was not going to like leave a hundred billion to his kids. And, no, and I think uh, from from all reports, I think everyone's growing up pretty normal in that household, which is good. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess you know you can't take the money with you when you cark it, so you got to do something with it beforehand. Yeah, well, that's right. But I think he was—he was not like uh, he wasn't spoiling the kids. He wasn't saying, "Oh, yeah, have a fifty billion trust fund or something like that." I, th I think they kept it all pretty, uh, 
uh, pretty low key. But uh, and when you're a multi billionaire, yeah, wouldn't it be nice just to be? Do you think you would be bored if you had if you had that much money? Like, do you think you would ever get bored, or or you know, like, well, how would you be if you had a hundred billion, like one billion even? You know, you I'd, wouldn't have to work again. Like, I'd be okay with um, you know, testing out your theory. Yeah, I'll be happy with a hundred thousand. <laughs> Easy. Now, uh, that's this story here. This is from China, but uh, cray cray. A uh, teen, a teenager sent to internet addiction camp has died. Uh, well, only after spending forty-eight hours there. Now the BBC reports that these boot camps for internet and gaming addition, addictions have become popular in China. Why not? Why not just turn the power off to the dude, or unplug the router, or something? My God, send them to boot camps. Who are these people? With some being criticised as using harsh military-style discipline on attendees, oh, a bit crazy. Some even how's this? Some even beat patients or use electroshock therapy. The 18-year-old died earlier this month in Fuyang, had been sent to a camp that promised psychological counselling and physical training. Two days after the teen was dropped off by his mother, August 30 was rushed to the hospital where he died. His parents said. That the doctors told them their son's body had sustained more than 20 external injuries and that he'd also suffered internal injuries. My son's body was completely covered with scars from top to toe, his mother told the media. His cause of death is not known yet, but the director and four teachers of the centre have been held by police and the centre is shut down as investigation continues. Have you ever heard such a crazy story? That's wild. No. No, yeah, that's that's over the top. But I mean, you know, given who we're talking about and the country that we're talking about, it at the same time it doesn't kind of surprise me. No, but like, why why would why would these camps exist? Like, wouldn't you just if you had the wherewithal about you to say that you're okay, young fella, you're spending too much time on the internet, you're addicted to it, wouldn't you just smash the router or something? Not pay your bill, get it cut off. Yeah, well, I mean, you could do, well, I guess it depends on how much um, experience you've got. I mean, what I do is obviously I have, like, uh, time kind of restraints set up in the router so, you know, only certain people can go on at certain times, that you kind of thing. you still doing that? I remember you doing that from years ago. you still doing yeah, that? Yeah, I don't do it at the moment because um, only because of all the stuff around that I was doing with the different routers and PFSense and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, no, it's just you know, it's too hard. Um, and... So you yeah you know, you've got that if if you know what you're doing you can kind of do that sort of stuff. Mm. Is is I mean we've got similar things over here in Australia even it's not necessarily just dedicated to video addiction or video game addiction. I mean we've got them where it's more if the kid if the teenager is just behaving badly and the and the parents are at their wits end and they don't know what else to do. Mm. Um, they send them to these, I don't know if they're actually camps per se, but they send them to these organisations where usually the kid comes in on the other side kind of better for it. It's, a, it's one of these help me parent my child camps. Yeah. Like, just do it yourself, you know. Just, just take the phone off them. But I suppose maybe in defence of doing that, this this particular person was 18 that probably, you know, he might have been a big boy or whatever, probably 
bash his mum <laughs> if she said anything, you know. So, but then again, then she got him to go to the camp, so he couldn't have been too bad. But yeah, that's just terrible, isn't it? That's just crazy. Uh, yes, so you got another little story here as well about Amazon. What's going I on? I do. What's going on with them? Yeah, well, now that Amazon are actually coming to Australia, I heard on, I don't know if it was on your podcast or one of the others, but they've actually bought a, like a warehouse in, in Melbourne somewhere in Dandenong or mm, one of those. Somewhere around there. Yeah, so anyway, um, on the back of that, new research shows that most Aussie shoppers spend far more online than they do in brick-and-mortar stores. Only 21% of us spend more in physical stores than online stores, so that basically means that you know seventy odd percent spend more the other way around. Mm. Uh, although Aussies are purchasing more online, sixty four percent of the respondents to this survey have um, returned online purchases. This figure is uh, higher than those in their twenties at seventy four percent, compared with fifty seven percent of those over fifty over fifty. Um, yet the return process is number one complaint. Um, or headache that shoppers sort of online shoppers sort of have that you know when you get something what happens if it doesn't fit if it's broken that kind of stuff I think that's where PayPal's pretty good isn't it if you purchase through PayPal they'll they, they pretty much guarantee the uh, you know your purchase I think you can send it back if you're not happy and I guess because PayPal controls the moolah that uh, they just go well send their item back and You'll get your money back. No worries. Because I remember I bought something from China. It was some little uh, Cody device. And uh, and it didn't work. It kept freezing. And I wanted to send it back. And old old mates over in China said, no, we're not having that back. Did your problem, you know, sucked in. So, mm -hmm. so I did a dispute through PayPal. And they said, well, okay, send it back and you'll get your money back. So I was happy with that. But, yeah, like, I don't know. You, why wouldn't you want to spend money online easy get it delivered I, to your door i was so resistant to it. i guess you know obviously me working in it I, I i i kind of pay more attention to the security type stuff um i mean out of the podcasts that you know are available and all that kind of stuff probably the top couple that i listen to would be um security now on yeah. twitter um, are you, I listen to your security thing every time it comes out. Oh, good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, Roger. <laughs> do, uh, we, do, we, do we interest you? Do you hold your attention? Yeah, yeah, I managed to get to like the five-minute mark. Yeah, uh, good. <laughs> yeah, no, Roger knows what he's talking about. He's really, uh, he's switched on. He, he does his little conferences all around Australia. He's, uh, yeah, you got to ask him the right questions, but he's, he's switched on. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard to do on any podcast, really, because, you know, you've got to work out who your audience is. Do you do what you guys do and kind of keep it at the, the basic level for your kind of people that are just getting into the doing the, the home kind of small office kind of thing? Or do you mm. do go to the other end and do the uh, Steve Gibson thing where, you know, every second episode you've kind of got to put your propeller cap on and, and really... <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, I think Roger, because we had discussed that and we were discussing like, you know, should should they, the topic start getting more involved as time goes on? But he was more of the opinion, no, it's just, just repetition, repetition of the basics. And that's what a lot of people just don't get are the basics. And especially when he, you know, he talks to a lot of CEOs and everything and they, they say to him, oh, that's not my problem. 
when it, but ultimately the buck stops with them and it is their problem. But you know they are. Oh, I've got a tech guy that does that. Oh, he looks after all that. Not my problem. Talk to him. But yeah. no, that's not right. So I guess Roger wants to try and aim it to that sort of a person and the and the home sort of person as well. But uh, but yeah, there's so many different aspects of uh, the security. Like you know, he goes over the passwords, the the backups, the oh, whatever, whatever else he wants. It, the, the you know the uh, WannaCry viruses and all the ransomwares and all this sort of stuff and. Yeah, and every now and then you'll get a little little nugget of really good, juicy info from him. <laughs> oh, beauty, I'll use that little bit of software myself, thanks. Um, yeah, so Amazon, getting back to that. Look, I don't know. Uh, bricks and mortar. Look, look, I wouldn't, look, I wouldn't buy TVs online, I don't think. I, I was nearly going to do the Kogan experience, uh, but I instead didn't, and I did the Audi experience, as you would know. And that didn't work out, so I took that TV back. Mm. Um, there's certain things you can't buy online. Electronics, uh, like TV, some things you just have to see them, don't you? You have to actually visually see them. Uh, I don't know how you go on with clothes. I've never really bought clothes online. Like, what happens if they don't fit you? Yeah, uh, that, like, that'd be Yeah, so I don't know what... You just have to look in the return policies, I guess. But yeah, no, it looks like Amazon's... Uh, yeah, kicking goals. I saw, I don't know much about it because I think it's only just recently happened and I haven't read too much about it. But I think also, I think Trump's come out and said he, he wasn't happy with Amazon because they're taking away a lot of the, say, bricks and mortar jobs. Uh, I'm not sure how he's going to stop it, <laughs> stop him from doing it. But um, but yeah, I, I guess that's 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 it. They, they would be. So maybe all these bricks and mortar jobs, maybe they're going to have to move into Amazon's warehouses or something. The jan- yeah. janitors or something. Yeah, exactly. The two things about the this sort of what we were just talking about, about you know doing online stuff and all that kind of thing. The only thing that I've just, in the last couple of weeks, um, started doing, again, you know, kind of slow to the game, is using uh, Android, Android Pay on my phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, um, I mean, it's convenient and all that kind of stuff. And Touchwood haven't had any problems so far. Um, the main reason why I started doing that is obviously for the trip coming up. I didn't want to kind of have to you know, use cards and all that kind of hoo ha. But so when you say that you're going to use the Android Pay, yeah, how is that? So like you know, because when I'm going go over there, I've got this traveler's card that you get from the the bank so you actually take over with your like a card that you can use in the atms that has got us dollars on it uh, apparently that's a better way of the to do it rather than getting there and having to get say pay in uh, have australian dollars transferred at that that particular point in time yeah i think what you've done and we did this we've done this in previous trips you actually you can lock in the um whatever the exchange rate is right yes Last time we went was in 2013. I think the exchange rate was like a dollar twenty or something. Yeah, how good was it back then? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it hovers between sort of 75 and 80. So if I was to do that, I could get one of the. I don't think I actually have. I think I actually have got one. Um, and you can actually lock the exchange rate in. So if between now and when you go away, if the bottom falls out of the dollar, um, you'd be okay. In. But no one actually, to my knowledge, less and less people go to the trouble of actually converting money anymore they just kind of just use their card or whatever and pay whatever the yeah right is at the time i mean even at the moment like when i buy stuff online or even when 
way back when I did those interviews. Mm. I bought the we bought the wine for the Twit family. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's just um, you know, you buy something online and then you know you get like a couple of dollar fee, international fee or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that silly. I've been going off about this before. <laughs> That's the so you get slugged for the conversion fee, like you know the built-in, uh, built-in transaction fees with the exchange rate, exchange rate fee. But then yeah, you also on your statement you get this nice little one percent fee. You know you go, oh, it's nice, isn't it? And that can add up. But there are credit cards around which I actually, oh, and I went and sought out because I was sick to death of that little one percent fee. And I went and got a little, uh, I got it right here, a little debit card. It's a debit MasterCard from Macquarie Bank. And I uh, jumped through the hoops and got the little debit card, and that doesn't have the 1% fee. So yeah. happy and I with think, that. I haven't checked it out. I've just heard on the grapevine that that's one of the benefits of using either Apple Pay or um, Google Pay is that they absorb that 1% fee. Right, right. But, then, but how, how do you get cash out when you're overseas? Well, yeah, you can't because it's so it's actually tied to the credit card side. So, so the one of the cards that I've actually set up on Google Pay is actually a card that does both um, access my savings account as well as my credit. Mm. But that's one of the limitations is that it actually when you use either Google or Apple Pay thing, yeah, uh, it's only associated with the credit side of the card. So well, what you, well, what you could do is why wouldn't you be able to get? Say, uh, you, you know, these travellers' cards that you can get from the banks and whatever, and you just load them up with a currency. Why? And they're, they're a MasterCard, because the one I got from the NAB, they have free, and yeah. you just put in, you know, whatever, 3,000 uh, Aussie, what give you, or 4,000 Aussie give you 3,000 US. So you put that on. And then when you're overseas, you can put the, that's a credit card. So you can pay at the restaurant, you can put in the machine, in the yeah. ATM, you can do whatever. But why couldn't you then put that card onto your Google Pay and then do well, the same can. thing? The only card that I've had problems with is we've, where we work, we've got like a, a um, setup where we've got a, what do they call it? Salary sacrifice. So a certain percentage of my wage goes on another card that's tax exempt and i the the idea is is you use that first to buy stuff right um, and you get all that kind of you know tax free because it's a it comes out of your wage before uh, yeah before before tax but how do your salary what are your salary sacrificing well whatever you buy off that card so because because oh, you're not because you haven't paid tax on it as through your income yeah um, you don't pay you're not you're not losing tax on. It's not like you get a tax exemption on the sales tax or the GST. No, I know what you mean. So, but who who picks up the tab? Your company is that the fringe? Then they get slugged fringe benefits tax. Someone's got to pay the tax. Yeah, because the the place I work at is a um is a not for profit. So oh, I okay. guess some sort of tax exemptions for mm, maybe. For yeah, but maybe. I, but the card doesn't actually. The card wouldn't let me set it up. In Google Pay, I sent him an email a couple of days ago saying, "Am I doing something wrong, or is it because of you know the type of card it is?" Because I can't, I can't. What can I do? I can buy purchases and I can pay. Um, I can buy stuff and I can pay bills and all that kind of thing. I can't do. I can't transfer money from it. I can't take money out of it. Anything that's kind of cash related, I mm. can't. 
even like with the normal, as, as you probably know, with a normal credit card, you can still take cash out of it. Yeah. Ages. Well, that must be a must be a, a condition of the salary sacrifice, maybe that you can't just just pull the cash out yeah. of it, because otherwise, that'd be you'd be getting a tax benefit that no one else gets, which you probably still are anyway. <laughs> Yeah. What sounds of it, uh, but what are you doing about your mobile phone when you go over there? What? I think what I'll do is, and I think I did this last time. Is I won't have the international roaming happen. I will just get Skype credits because everywhere pretty much is um, Wi-Fi, so I can just make make Skype calls. No one. Um, I mean, if someone really wants to ring me, I could. I'm thinking about either getting a Skype number as well and just diverting my mobile number to that Skype number. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, or alternatively, um, I mean, we've got, we've got a, a setup now where we've got a, um, an app on our phone where our, like at how, I, how I kind of manage to work from home today is mm. that the, the, when I get a phone call, it rings on my desk phone, it rings on through the mobile app and it rings through the app on, on my computer or wherever I happen to be logged into. Right. Now that, in theory, I can make calls using that as well, and it's not it's not a regular phone call, so it doesn't go on my mobile bill. It just it just goes as part of the the kind of arrangement we have for our phone system at work. Right. Right. Okay. So um, because I know I was talking to Eric through the week, and I said, oh, what what did he do when he went over last time? He said he would recommend you just go and get like a a Vodafone. Account and just do five dollars a day roaming. Yeah, you, know? you could do. And he said that, and that when you sit down and think about it, because see, when I go over, I, I'm probably don't really care about phone calls as such. I, I'm more interested in in your data, in the data, because like I'm going to have my laptop. I'm still going to have to do some work, you know. So um, I just want the data that's um that's uh, that's there. So yeah, so maybe five bucks a day. Uh, that might not be a bad idea with that with that Vodafone. They're kicking some goals, there, aren't they? They they got a few good plans and a few good things coming out. I saw another one there. Uh, what was it? They um, no, they're they're only going to offer SIM only plans or something. So no more, you know, get the phone and the plan because uh, I think that's a rip off, which it is. So they're yeah. just going to say, you, you, I think you'll be able to lease the phone from them. So what that would mean would be then you just say the phone's going to cost you twelve, uh, going to cost you a thousand bucks. Divide that by twelve, and that's how much you pay per month. None of this other convoluted hidden charges and hidden fees and bumping up the the network access cost while you think you're getting a low phone repayment, then another little phone payment, ten dollar credit a month here and all this. So apparently they they're streamlining, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the others do with that. So yeah, keep it there. Vodafone's kicking goals, kicking goals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who who are you with now? Telstra. Still. Yeah. So my contract oh thank goodness. <laughs> finishes next month. Uh, I don't think that they'll, they'll be keeping me. I think I'm gone. I'm gone. Yeah. I um I jumped ship off of um because I was getting staff discount for a while, like a while after I'd left there. Mm. And um so with my internet I'm with Skyman. Oh that's right. You had a little sweet little ten dollar a month deal, didn't you? Yeah, well I Told them a number of times, and they they caught up with you then. No, I actually ended up jumping ship because um, when I bought the Google Pixel, uh, well, best part of a year ago now, it worked out cheaper, pretty much. Yeah, cheaper if I um, went on the fifty dollar plan, right. um, fifty dollars a month for the phone, 
and it gives me 10 gig or something whereas on the staff plan it was ten dollars a month um but then i was only getting one gig or something yeah one gig of um data and i kept going over that and getting plugged ten dollars each time so i was mm. still paying an extra probably every month i was paying an extra 30 bucks anyway right yeah okay well there you go whatever works you gotta do what you gotta do what you gotta do so that sounds good yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's heaps of plans. I, I, not plans I'm going to look at, but I'm just uh, sim only. So uh, I think Audi have got some good ones. I think you can go to Kogan. They've got phones now coming out of their yin-yang and uh, whatever. Mm. So uh, as you can probably tell, we are at the end of the show. We ran out of stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. As I said, it was a bit of a bit of a, a slow story week this week, uh, as, you, as you would... Sometimes get I think what the Apple Apple launch or next Apple thing must be coming out soon next month sometimes sometimes so uh, yeah or oh, wait with bated breath the iPhone eight can't wait yeah right uh, I'm over the iPhone as well so what else is going on yeah so you're going overseas good stuff Microsoft Ignite that's uh, next month in Orlando towards the end of the month so yeah have fun Shane have fun. I I plan to I plan to experience every aspect of the American culture. Yep, uh, good cheap booze and a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've 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 picked an exciting time to go over there, given what's happening over there at the moment. Yeah, we're not getting any trouble. No, 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 absolutely not. No, I plan on making it you know really clear that I am completely neutral. I might even wear like you know my. My old Australian jacket sort of say, look, I'm not even American, I'm an Australian, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think it's that bad. I think what you see on the TV is just like, you know, just one frame, one, one frame of, your, of a camera and it's just, yeah, it's not that bad. But yeah, no, it's all right. So that's good. It should be, it should be a lot of fun. So, uh, all right, what else have I got to tell you guys before we go? Nothing much. I think I've said everything. You can email, if you've got a question, uh, you can email me. Uh, glenn at aussietechheads.com.au or if you want to email Shane, I think Shane with a Y at aussietechheads.com.au still works. I haven't, not cool. that I haven't uh, done anything with it. I don't think it's been, it's been disconnected, has it? I think you asked me that not long ago, if it had been disconnected. Yeah, uh, I, I want to use the address for something. Um, I think it still uh, worked. Yeah. Probably uh, something, yeah. Now, you can do that. Uh, and yeah, whatever. Eric, Will, or Warlock at AussieTechEds.com.au. So um, the other boys, I don't know. The other boys, uh, Warlock's still a bit crook, so he he had a week off to recover. And Will, he's uh, yeah working and young child. And Eric, way too busy, aren't you, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> way too busy. <laughs> so just as well, Shane was around. All right, good stuff. Well, good to see you again, Shane. And uh, maybe catch up again. Maybe, well, soon, or maybe even after you go to the US and you can tell us all about it. Yeah, I might be able to do something while we're, uh, while we're over there. Um, I mean, if we're both going to be kind of in similar time zones, did you, were you thinking of maybe even doing a show while you were over there? Oh, I suppose it could do something. Um, but I'm not, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a chat to you after the show. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, guys, that's the end of uh, uh, another great show. All right, so until uh, next time, next week, which will be yeah, nearly the end of August. Uh, until then, go the Sharkies, and see you then. Bye-bye. See you, Shane. See ya.